Hello, all my beautiful people. It is time once again for another amazing episode of If You Give a Data Podcast. So this week I have with me um, a guest that I've been working to get on here for a little bit now. I know I say that a lot, but I try to plan these out as far in advance as I can. But this is a very busy man that I had the privilege of talking to. In fact, they call him the hardest working man in the business. And that is the space cowboy, Jason Jones. This is a man who um, I've seen wrestle a couple times and I've gotten to talk to uh, a few times here recently. And we finally were able to get him on the show. And I am very excited for you guys to be able to hear this episode. So for those people who are here just to hear the Jason Jones episode, I hope that you enjoy yourself and I hope that you stick around and maybe find some other episodes that you like as well. The more the merrier. So, if you guys are as excited as I am, then let's get the show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey, Dad. Get back in your car. Go. (laughs) Get out of here. You can't be here. I wasn't about to call you Dad, so... (laughs) Seriously? Just for the, you know, the, the work rate, brother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, she said he looked like an old piece of leather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Supernatural, which is by far one of my favorite shows, and I will be talking a lot about Supernatural. I will be quoting Supernatural. Bro. I just remember, because they also, everybody, whenever they came to the ring, goes, <laughs> What? Okay, before I get started, have you ever had an idea for a design that you wanted to put on a shirt, hat, tumbler, or even a puzzle? Well, over at RNL Designs, they can make those ideas come true. For the month of August, all ready to ship or local pickup t-shirts and canned glasses with bamboo lids are $10 each plus shipping. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram, as well as Etsy for digital designs. I'll have a link to all of their pages in my show notes. Go check them out for all of your custom needs today. All right, everybody. So today I have with me a guy that I have been talking to back and forth for, I'd say, maybe a few months now about getting him on the show. He is a very busy man. In fact, they call him the hardest working man in the business. He is the owner and promoter for Mid-States Wrestling, and I am talking about the Space Cowboy, Jason Jones. Man, how are you doing today? Man, you finally got me nailed down to an afternoon. So, yeah, that's awesome. I'm great. I'm glad to be here, man. I'm excited. I am definitely excited to have you here. So, you have been at this for a little bit. I've been kind of looking into... um, your background with uh, Mid-States wrestling and all that. And it looks like you started in 2003 with the Mid-States, or that's when the company was started. Uh, how did you uh, How did you get into all of that? Well, you know, honestly, I broke in my senior year. I started training, and I was working for um, a radio station here in town. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to get my foot in the door. So local promotion came through, and I kind of distantly knew a guy through the guy, because there wasn't a lot of, feds back then there wasn't a lot of training schools you know there was like four in the nation and right. pro wrestling didn't come didn't come around a lot 
And when I did, he was like, yeah, man, I, I went to, uh, he got trained by Adrian, uh, Adrian street in Florida. And he came back up this way and wanted to promote a show. We loosely knew each other and he knew I was a big wrestling fan. I was getting a radio business and he said, man, he goes, do you want to help me? We're going to do this fundraiser here. And he goes, man, you could help me do whatever. And I was like, yeah, man, let's try this out. And I showed up that day in my first job, my first ever job. Now, keep in mind, I'm 17 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, my first job in pro wrestling was playing the music for the wrestlers. And now it's not as extravagant <laughs> back then as it is today where you play on a laptop and music and lights and smoke. It was literally in a gymnasium. So the guys were on the opposite end and they had a PA system up front office. You would hold the microphone to the tape player. Guys would bring you a tape player, cassette tape for you children at home. And it would be queued up to the song of where they wanted it to play. So that was back in the day. So you're oh, like wow. 90, gosh, 95, 96. Uh -huh. So everybody's fighting over Welcome to the Jungle and LaGrange, for God's sake. So you can be like, well, you can't use that. So-and-so's already turned in Welcome to the Jungle today. So you would, you would hit play, hold the microphone to the thing, and it would – and the guy would he was like now here's what you do let the guy get in the ring make his little circle stand up on the turnbuckle pad blah 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 and then like just kind of turn the volume down fade it down i'm like okay cool then you would play the next guy but he wouldn't tell me because i was just a teenager he wouldn't tell me who was going to win you know he wouldn't tell me who was going over right. so i had to kind of keep you know rewind both tapes to the spot during the match and have it ready at any given time. So he made me watch from across the arena. And uh, so it was really quick. You had to get, you had to do that uh, tape trade really quick. <laughs> hit play. And, uh, but as, as you saw, I kind of stuck with it and I knew more than I thought I did. He, you know, kind of smartened me up a little bit here, a little bit there. And, but, you know, and that's just kind of how I got my foot in the door, and that's what you had to do back then. They had to see that you were serious. You were going to help them do whatever. And I, whether it was handout programs, set up chairs, uh, tear down the ring, set up the ring, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I was just happy to be a part of it. So the next time when I was uh, my senior year and a different group came to town, and uh, I was kind of a prince from the radio station, like, get in touch with Jason, man. He's, he's all about wrestling, blah, 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 and I think he's done a couple of things. So. Uh, promoter came to town. He was like, "Hey, you you want to announce?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he got to the back, and I was remember like my first big name I worked with was like Jake the Snake and Greg Valentine on the card. Oh, cool. And he was like, "Hey, I've got like six, seven shows coming up. Do you you want to come do this for us?" And I was like, "Do I want to go on the road <laughs> at 18 <laughs> years of age and pursue a lifetime career?" Yes. So the agreement I worked out with the promoter was um hey would you i'll show up early um would you let me get in there with the guys and i mean let them bump me around and just not fully train me but you know show me some bumps show me some this show me some that and i i was kind of already kind of smart to some stuff and right and uh so that's that's kind of how i started getting my foot in the door and back then it wasn't like it is now wrestling's for everybody now and all this stuff and safety <laughs> and no, they, they got in there, and they had a 300-pound dude that was six-and-a-half-foot tall run at me with everything I had and hit me with a clothesline and hit me right across the mouth and busted my mouth wide open, see if I could get up and take another to see if I would come back the next week and do it again. And that's how they weeded you out back then. But, you know, now in a PC world we live in, that doesn't exist, but they wanted to see if you were tough and if you could make it back then. And 
well, 25 years later, I guess I'm still stupid because I'm still getting punched in the mouth. So <laughs> here I am. Well, that's awesome, man. You know, and it was a different world back then, you know, even, uh, I'm, I'm 34, you know, and it's even changed so much <laughs> just since I've grown up, you know, it's become even, Oh yeah, man. I, I guess you could say softer even, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, was, just from what I see. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to my doctor last week. I went into, or a couple weeks ago, excuse me. I went into every year, you know, you renew your physicals, your blood work and all that stuff, your different licenses and your states. And yeah. I happened to go to school with this guy and he was a couple years behind me and he was always into track and field and stuff and in school. And he, he even did track and field for the university of Arkansas. And he's a super nice guy. He's just, he's down to earth. He's kind of like, he's kind of like me. We have kind of the same sense of humor and everything. Cool dude. Uh-huh. And we're just talking. We were talking about how he was volunteer to coach and how, he asked me how I did it because I still train guys, you know, with, you know, I have the boxing gym and I, I train uh, a lot of wrestlers. I train pro wrestlers. Right. And we were just talking about how patience and how it was changed. And like back when we were kids growing up in the eighties and nineties, like your football coach threw football at your head if you weren't paying attention, you know, exactly. and they, they, they called you the P word and they called you this. And like, you did that to a kid. Now, number one, you would be fired. Number two, you would be like, blackballed from ever like you know coaching any kind of organized sport or anything yeah. at all again so it's <laughs> there's definitely a lot more snowflakes involved but there's a lot more pc you know yeah. culture and i was like it wasn't like that when i grew up man it was like you know quit <laughs> quit being a you know it was nothing for your seventh grade coach to cuss you out in front of everybody I'm like that'll make him stronger damn it exactly so, i still have that <laughs> mentality of some extent but i you know as you get older, you mature and you change. And I've just found out a process of elimination of ways that I coach that works. Yeah. But I've also found that um, there's a term that a lot of teachers or uh, coaches use, and it's, is someone coachable? Are they right. trainable? And that's right. usually one of the first questions I ask any one of my students that starts training with me is, have you ever played an organized sport? Have you ever taken any type of martial arts? And it's not that they have to. Right. But they give you that respect they give you that eye contact that respect that you give a coach and some kids have never done that because we're in a day and age where that's not really encouraged anymore you know it's stick your nose in your tablet or your phone and you know you're looking at them and they're wandering around their eyes are wondering they're not giving you respect they they're uh they're social ineptness you know what i mean and it's it's, uh, i try to be as patient as i can but also i think a lot of that comes back to parenting you know they yes. just they 100%. throw a tablet in front of their kid there's nothing worse than going to a restaurant i hate this because i know that there's some kids with special needs but like there's nothing worse than going to a restaurant and taking your family out to eat and then like the table next to you has a kid that has a tablet like blaring at 80 decibels spongebob <laughs> or something like that i'm like yep. put some headphones on the kid for god's sake we're dropping 100 bucks here for four of us to eat for god's sake you know <laughs> get your kids chicken candies to go at applebee's because yep. i don't want to be bothered by this right now we're trying to have you know and i'm like it, it's the world has changed and i'm just a grizzled old vet and i'm an asshole sometimes for saying that and i'm sorry i didn't mean to cuss on that oh. i don't know if i could cuss or not but you're all right <laughs> but, I'll try to keep it minimal. I'll give you, I'll just say the, the A word one time. So hopefully okay. that'll be it. But That's yeah, fine. <laughs> definitely it's a changed world we're in right now. Yes, it is. So you were talking about some of the people that you trained. I've actually had a few 
of your um, trainees on my show. And um, really great guys. I had the Johnnies on here. And they had nothing but good to say about oh, you. Oh, the Johnnies. Yeah. They had so, what? They had negative stuff to say? Oh, no, they had no- <laughs> nothing but good to say about you. They they were great guys. Right. And they uh, they talked about as how. I, as I tell them, I, I tell them I, I, all the time if we're on a road trip, I'm like, you know you're my favorite Johnny. And then I'll turn around and say it to the other one. And I'll be like, that's why I don't like you as much as I like the other one. And it's just a constant game that we have back and forth. But, yeah, they're. Yeah, I won't interrupt you. Go ahead, hit the list, man. Hit my play my hits, man. I've I've got some good hits out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, they, oh yeah, they uh, they're uh, they're some great guys, and they kind of were talking about how you know um, training with you, everything is kind of an is a throwback. It's an old school type of training and stuff that you don't really get to see that much anymore. So you know, I'm uh, I think that's a good thing that you know uh, I was raised by sure. a older generation than most people my age and so i see the i see and appreciate the other side of it whereas a lot of these pc people maybe don't i i still see that there is value to having some of these older ways of doing things i mean there was a reason why they did it that way oh yeah absolutely and it's and it's like i told them you know and i've trained several people and i'm like there are other people that will never make it There are Mm -hmm. other people that I have wrestled some of these places where I look at a guy and they, I've been a match with him. This guy wouldn't even be, I mean, there's nowhere near he should be in a ring. You know, this guy is still not fully trained and we get into a lot of places. This guy, you know, this is, let me give you the, 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 the family tree of that. This guy was halfway trained by this guy that was halfway trained by this guy that was halfway trained by this guy. So oh. what kind of knowledge does that get when you're getting half of half of half of half of half? They're the only guy, a 16th you know, train. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm in a main event with a guy, and they're trying to do like a four-way match in the middle of, of Kansas, and they throw this this kid in there because he came in there and rode with so-and-so, and it, and it was like, and I was like, okay, man, just listen to me out there. And this kid's like, and I can tell he's nervous and he's full of he's full of crap anyway. So I'm like, <laughs> we'll lock up. And he's like, and a lock up is. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This kid doesn't know how to do a collar and elbow tie up. And I'm like, that's stuff we do on day one. Oh, no. And I just kind of looked at the promoter and I'm like, you know, I have a family to get back to. I make yeah. a living doing this for 20 And this guy wants to come and play wrestler. Well, I can guarantee you, just like the old guys when I broke in, you're not going to play wrestler on my watch. No. I still think that that barricade separates the people that need to be watching the show. And I have great respect for fans. Mm -hmm. But there's also people that try to cross that barricade and they're like, I'm a wrestler. Wrestling's for everybody. No, it's not. Because (laughs) at any given time, you're one inch from paralysis. Yeah. You give me something that you're not confident in doing, what happens if you break my arm? And I'm out for six months, and I can't provide for my family. So, I yes, do I I stress the fundamentals that have been in place for over 100 years? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Am I a shortcut to get in the wrestling business? Absolutely not. I've had guys quit because they can't take it with us, Mm -hmm. and they try to go somewhere else and be like, well, I was was trained here for a little bit, and I'm like, you know, no, no, they want a shortcut. They want to wait in the business. They want a way to play wrestler in front of in front of their family and friends for a show or two. And guess what? I found that in 25 years, those guys don't last. Those promotions don't last. But hey, I'm still here. 
I'm still I'm still training people. I'm still getting people contracts. Yeah. These guys are going. They're wrestling in seven, eight states, and they're collecting belts everywhere they go. So, you know, I, I'll pat myself on the back all day long, but there's just a handful of decent trainers out there still left that stick with that old school mentality that actually make the guys pay their dues and make, you know, make them still put the work in. Because mm-hmm. if you put the work in, you'll appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, no, I, I, that makes total sense to me. You know, I, like you said, there's a reason why. You don't want to have somebody come in there because that's – when you have somebody who's barely trained, that's even more dangerous. Um, you know? Absolutely. Work, they, like you said, they could hurt you. And the one thing that people on the outside don't always realize is you're, you've got to protect each other. And how can you do that if they don't even know how to do, you know, basic moves? You're exactly right, man. And I've been in there with a bunch of them, and those are the ones that you know I I don't. Uh, it's still in a business where where it very much in the back. It was very much a controlled society. You picked up the phone and dare say the word blackball, but someone didn't exist. And what the problem you have now is you have promoters going into business that would have never made it past day one back in the day. Yeah. So their way of. <laughs> their way of a shortcut into the business. Let's start a promotion and we'll book this person and this and this and this, and then I'll work myself onto the card. Yeah. Those people should be flushed in the toilet. Yeah. These tax time promoters and things like that. And you know, everybody wants to know the secret, the secret to doing it like longevity, my career, the longevity of mid-states wrestling and, and running hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows over 20 years. It's simple. Stick with what works professional, wrestling don't shortcut it don't hot shot it don't try to throw people on there that don't belong because hey if this person comes out and spends their hard-earned money to take the whole family out and i put some jackass that's not trained in there and a pair of gym shorts and tennis shoes how does that make my product look right makes it look like crap yeah and if you're wrestling on that card do they take anybody seriously if that's one of the guys on the card heck no man mm-hmm. so have some daggum pride and if uh, promoters would stop booking these halfway trained guys, these uh, these guys that aren't really trained, these you know want to be I call them cosplay wrestlers, spot monkeys, <laughs> they just need to be flushed down the toilet. Yeah, it'd be a lot greater world, and you would start getting a better product. Houses would go up all the way around. But you know what do I know? I'm just a grizzled old guy that makes a living off this business. So. So, <laughs> so speaking of the Mid-States Wrestling, like I said, you started that in 2003. Am I right? Uh, 02. Oh, 02. Okay. It was 2002. We did a, I think we did a free show with our, with our first one. Okay. I think our copyright is 02. Yeah, but yes, sir. It goes okay. back a ways. So uh, how, what made you decide to start your own uh, wrestling promotion? It was, it was a... Um, it was kind of a work with a, with a with a couple groups of other guys. Mm-hmm. I was going and traveling, and there wasn't a, there weren't a lot of great promotions. I mean, I hate to say that there were some. You know, there's always one good one out of the group, but they were inconsistent. Right. So instead of trying to, you know, they would they would start and then they would do a couple shows, and you know partnerships would fail guy would get a divorce so he'd lose his company or this or that and then i just watched i worked hundreds of shows before i ran my own promotion and 
I am a classic note taker. One thing that always allowed me to bring the top talent to mid-states was I would still wrestle and go and travel. And I would say, I would watch all the matches on the card and say, this guy's good. But, yeah. Man, he could have a hell of a match if I put him up against this guy that I worked with in Tennessee last week. They right. could do a heck of a program. So I was always making mental notes. And I would watch ways, not just, there's a lot to run the promotion more than just the matches that you put in the ring. Mm-hmm. Down to the way that the people promoted, way, down to the way that people sold tickets, down to the way they ran their concession stand, the way they sold their merchandise. And I took those notes of those dozens and dozens of promotions that I worked for, what made them successful, what made them negative, what was a good idea, what was kind of a good idea but could use a little tweaking, then what could be set in stone, this, this should be the gold standard. Mm-hmm. And I took those gold standards and I just, I used to keep a, a, a notebook of just an old, I mean, like broke down, like notebook, a dollar from Walmart. And I would, that thing was just always falling apart. But I would go and I'd go wrestle a double shot on the weekend and do one in Missouri and then wrestle one in, in Kansas. And I would take notes. And, um, you know, hey, this, uh, this promoter didn't spend any money on radio. But he had a big story ran in the newspaper, and he did flyers, and he went to the local pizza restaurant. And all the pizza restaurants, they put little mini flyers on all their to-go boxes of pizza. Uh-huh. And you know, just little things. They had a really good idea on the concession stand. Instead of doing this and this and this, they just did this. And, you know, I would travel different places, and, and wrestlers and promoters will tell you alike. You will go to and stuff like yeah, I got to go to a wedding this weekend, but I would go to, I would go to events and be like, you know, go to a, your cousin's wedding or something like, this would be a good wrestling venue. You know, if that light picture wasn't here, you know, I could have a great show in here. But little things like that, I would travel all over and be like, this would be a cool, this would be a cool venue or wrestle for a company. And then 15 years later, of course, nobody's ran that town in forever and be like, Hey, I wonder what, why no one's ran this before and then go in check out a venue do a spot show there and see if it works out and there's been shows that we've ran places um that would have been considered a success but maybe it's the area wouldn't support a full-time you know indie fed to be there to run four or five shows a year maybe it's a one and done you know once a year a fundraiser kind of thing or maybe twice a year and there's places like that or there's a place that maybe you just need to run every three years when you know, uh, somebody needs a fundraiser. But, and you start realizing that. We promoted boxing as well, boxing and MMA. And there's certain towns that it's not, uh, maybe it's not a money, what would they call a money town? Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just something that they'd rather go, you know, they'd rather go to something else other than a boxing match or a wrestling match. Sometimes it just doesn't translate. And right. there's, Certain little things, certain little tricks that you pick up. And I've just, I've kept a great log of that stuff, but I've also kept it in my head. I've, you know, I, I, I made a lot of contacts from doing this for years. And I think that, you know, getting back to the roundabout question of what made us start was kicking it around. This, these these guys that I traveled with that I had great connections with, like like Craig Keesman and, and and Michael Berry and, and these guys that I was making these towns with was, well, if we had a Fed, this is what we would do. And we mm-hmm. would take it back to basics. And we would 
I would do shows in the late 90s, and that's when wrestling was at an all-time high. I mean, you could literally put one poster up in a town that just said wrestling, National Guard Armory, Saturday night, 7 o'clock. There'd be four and 500 people show up because that was at the height of everything. W, the Monday Night Wars, Austin, everything. And then when people would show up and be like, uh, yeah, it's not as good as I saw on TV, <laughs> it would be packed. And the next time you would come back, eight months later, there'd be like 10 people in the crowd. Oh, you wow. know, because yeah. they, there'd be a promoter coming in to make a quick buck. Yeah. But my thing was, why not put on a good product so you could come back twice a year and then have a long-term business instead of just rolling into a town, trying to be a carny, making a quick buck and rolling out. Yeah. And I, that's what we wanted. We wanted a long stay company. And there are, if a company, we, we kind of did the math and we we're like, if a company can make it five years. Mm-hmm then that's something said. But a lot of companies don't make it past the two-year threshold. And some companies will jump up and down and be like, yeah, we did. And I'm like, yeah, but you ran four shows a year, you know? Or, yeah. you know, you ran one show, you took three years off, and then all of a sudden you did another one. Like, that doesn't make you a consistent. It's it's like when I talk to guys and like, yeah, man, I've been wrestling for 10 years. And I'm like, yeah, but during that 10 years, you've had 30 matches, dude. You know? <laughs> I had more than that in the last three months, you know? It's, right. Guys, guys want to, you know, it's always bigger and better in their head. But we took what worked, and I wanted to go back to an old school thing. So right away, out of the bat, the very first show that we did was a TV taping. And I we went back to that old school format of we're going to do TV. We're going to bust this taping that we did up into three, you know, one-hour shows with interviews, with backstage interviews, stuff like that. We'll go out, we'll sell the commercial time, we'll use X amount of commercial time to promote our next events coming back, we'll draw people with the matches that we're putting on to our big matches. And that was a good thing. Uh, we had some. We, we had our sponsorships coming in monthly on TV shows, and at one point we were the highest rated syndicated show in Northwest Arkansas. Oh, which wow. That was really cool. And that was yeah. like 2004, 2005. Uh-huh. But when you lose, you know, uh, when you lose a sponsor that's helping you out, paying three, four hundred bucks a month, helping you pay airtime, helping you pay this, and you lose that, and you try to go look for another one. Mm-hmm. When we were producing that much TV, I caught myself being in the studio fifty hours a week doing both voiceovers, doing graphics, and by that time, you're still trying to go out. If you're trying to do it on your own, you're trying to go out, sell sponsorships to new businesses then maintain those sponsorships you have. And it may be a matter of, well, I went to go try to sell some sponsorships today. Well, I've got a Pizza Hut sponsorship over here, and they're wanting me to shoot a new ad for this new salad bar they have. Uh You were trying to do all of that on top of promoting the shows that were coming up and and being in the studio, doing the graphics, and uh, doing the commentary over the things, little things like that. And I was just... I was burying myself. I was creating more work, but it was a great, it was a great, great program. And people would come up to me and be like, man, we love watching your TV show. And I was like, well, thank you so much. You ought to come to the matches. And they're like, oh, we'll just wait till it comes on TV for free. (laughs) And that's the mindset get older, you know, and people, people are grow up in this, this generation. They've always had YouTube and they're not used to paying for anything. I'm back in my day. They told you to spend tape. That's what you had to do. You had to go on eBay and buy a buy a butt ton of tapes yep. and study them. Now, if I want to watch a match, I can just type it in on YouTube or I can go to uh, Vince's network, type it in, and study someone. It's so easy. It's all at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I can remember buying compilation tapes of Best Betty Gilbert, Best of the Midnight Express, and paying 20 bucks for these things, popping them in my VHS, you know, the VCR, and just watching them yeah. until over and over and over until they were almost worn the tape out on these things, you know? And they were yeah. they were pretty rough, too. They'd be a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of somebody, <laughs> you know, trying to bootleg the tape. Right. But um, we wanted a TV program, and that's, that's what we had to do is I, I, I was like, well, you know that we're going to have a really big match, and it's it won't be on TV, and then people will be like, yeah, I just, we'd rather sit at home and watch it for free. And I'm like, well, okay, well, shit. I, I realized that after we ran TV for like seven years, and we were still breaking our backs to try to put out a program, mm-hmm. it was good for us advertising our own stuff. But once we stopped running the TV show, our houses went up. Right. Because the formula had changed to what it used to be in the 70s and 80s with run TV and build those to your shows, mm-hmm. and they'll come out. But in this day and age of instant gratification, you were competing with everything else now. It, everything had changed. The landscape had changed. So I found out, hey, we take the TV show off. We just promote it. And those people that had fallen in love with your show and watched it religiously for four or five years, if they wanted to keep up with it, they were going to have to out. pay 15 bucks to come out and watch 10 or 15 bucks. Yeah. And it took a load off me and I was able to take that time and effort that we were spending in the studio and trying to sell sponsors to actually put it back into promoting and traveling, traveling for me. And I turned down dozens and dozens of bookings a year, if not a hundred. Uh, just wow. because I'm so busy, but I also use that as I'll go work this place mm-hmm. and let me check on, Hey, and they, they may tell me, Hey, I've got a couple guys that you might want to think about bringing down your way. And sure enough, I'll go see them and see how they work, see how they're working in their area. And if I see one or two standouts, Hey, come down and work for me. Yeah. And you know, I, I probably get 30 messages a week on uh, Facebook and just everything else. Hey, can I come work for you? Hey, can I come work for you? And it's just like, Hey man, send me a promo picture. Send me a bio. Send me two matches. Send me one as you as a heel, one as a face. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at them. And that also weeds out the guys that are like, well, I don't really have any matches on film or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, so you're just, oh, you're not really trained. You're just whatever. Or just they come from just a pile of crap or a, I say probably crap, uh, a crap promotion, whatever. Yeah. You weed those people out pretty fast. And usually, you know, the ones that do produce it, I I have a lot more negative stuff to say about it than I do positive. But you never know. And there's been times where you have a plan for someone going ahead and that you try to book long-term and not hot shot booking, but you have a long-term for someone. And then you're like, oh, God, that person got hurt. And they tore their ACL. They're going to be out for 10 months, 12 months. Oh, yeah. This person's going to start a family or their baby's mama doesn't want them playing wrestling anymore. And so a lot of a lot of things come into play and people don't really give the booker credit for trying to make lemonade out of lemons. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the guy reworking the card at 530 because in this day and age, all you have to say anymore is, oh, my wife possibly got exposed to COVID. I can't make it today. Right. You know, and you can't yeah. say boo about it or you're a yeah. butthead, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that, that's changed a lot, too. So a lot of people will be like, hey, man, why don't you, what, what's the card for, you know, three months from now? And I'm like, 
I build one match, and the rest of them, you're going to see these 15 guys, but I'm not telling you what matches are. As it yeah. gets closer, and I know I've got somebody locked in. Sure, I'll advertise it. But yeah. nothing sets off and makes a Karen more than, hey, uh, you were supposed to have, you know, Joe fight Andy, and Andy's not here. That's yeah. bad. You're yeah. like, yeah, man, Andy got COVID. Andy tore his shoulder. Right. Well, that's not cool. I want my money back after you've sat there and watched the entire show. Yeah. They just want something to bitch about. Exactly. It's just like, you know, anybody that goes into a restaurant and they, they order a steak and they eat all the steak except for one bite. And they're like, well, that wasn't cooked the way I wanted it. <laughs> oh, you want me to make you another steak? No, I want my money back for the one I ate. You know, it's people that have never ran a business or will ever run a business because they don't understand. Right. But that's... um that's a long that's a long answer to that question, but there you go. Oh, man, I love it. And you know the thing is is I actually got I didn't get to go to the Springfield show that you guys just had. But from what I well, saw you missed out, brother. Man, I did. I missed <laughs> out. <laughs> and the funny thing was is I was in Springfield on Wednesday and um I, I but I was up there because my mom was having uh, cataract surgery. But I didn't get to go to the show that you had up there. But just seeing the pictures from the show you had a packed house, yeah. you know, and so the we, thing we is, had 11 straight sellouts in a row. How many? 11 sellouts in a row there. 11 in a row, man. That is amazing. And, you know, I, we I put talked. The tickets on sale for, for November 12th when we come back. We yeah. put the tickets on sale that night. Oh, and wow. We sold 70 front, 70 front row tickets that night for mm-hmm. November. So it's a, it's a loyal fan group, but we got that by not hot shotting and building good, consistent storylines and giving the people not just their money's worth, but more than their money's worth every show. So, right. yeah. Yeah. And uh, in, I was talking to um, Ryan Pilkington about it and everything, and he was just talking about yeah. how hot those fans are up there. Yeah, absolutely. And Ryan's a hometown boy, and I've known Ryan for years. Ryan and his son, Trey, used to um, come to all the TCW shows. I was a part of TCW. and Okay. I'd say number I'd say TCW back in the day was a strong number three. You know, right yeah. right behind, of course, you know WWE and and TNA and and. But I think at one point TCW was bigger than Ring of Honor. Um, oh. We had you know we're in fifty five million homes, but yeah, Ryan would travel and him and Trey would drive to Mississippi to watch those tapings and all the ones we did in Arkansas and it was a great 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 product a great. Um, but I got to know them through through there. And um, Ryan was always such a cool guy. And yeah, his son is actually a great amateur wrestler. I mean, just goes to championship after championship after championship. And Ryan was someone that I was buddies with. And I was like, hey, man, you know, I and I'm I'm very picky about Ryan because I do a lot of announcing. Not I mean, that's mm-hmm. people book me to announce and I do uh, announce a couple of charity events every year. I do the the. Uh, the hosting of the slap bike championship. So I'm very, very particular on announcing and I try to set the bar high. So I, I, I work with Ryan quite a bit and it does might be in the middle of him doing something and me going back, watching the footage and be like, Hey, next time don't do this for me, smarting him up on the fly. But Ryan does a great job. He's another one of those that I'm proud to say, like, Brain from the ground up. We were doing that yeah. list earlier, and I think I interrupted you. Sorry about that, man. Man, you're totally fine. <laughs> but yeah, Ryan. Ryan is uh, Ryan's from up there, and he's absolutely right. That that Springfield crowd is hot, and it's it's. Uh, we even made the announcement. There was one guy 
in the crowd. And the guy was having a great time, but he was calling one of the wrestlers the P-word. Oh. And we try to stress that. So I went out there, and he was like, hey, man. And I was like, yeah, I heard him. And I said, just make an announcement before the next match starts. Bring it down real low and say, look, guys, we want to stress to you this is a family show, and there are a lot of kids in there. We would ask you to please watch your language. And he said it just like he was talking to you or I, just like our friend. Right. And the crowd popped for it, which made that guy go, okay, maybe that's inappropriate to use because there's a bunch of five- and six-year-old kids here. Yeah. And it made him seem that at that point, oh, there's 500 other people cheering for me not to say that. Maybe I won't say that the rest of the night. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. So yep. It's, he's learning little tricks of the trade and a lot of little things that I'm smarting him up on. He's getting really good at his interviews, and he's still learning, but, man, he's – He's great, and he puts his he puts the extra time and extra work in. So I'm very very proud of Ryan. Yeah, he said that uh, you were the one. Uh, like I said, I had him. I think it was last week is when his episode aired on on here. And uh, yeah, he told us that you were the one who gave him his opportunity at announcing and everything. So that's really cool. You know, now I kind of get to bring it full circle with having you on here to kind of talk about it as well. Yeah, man. So you really are the, the hardest working man in the business. And uh, I see that because you're, you've got your hand in just a, a little bit of everything, it seems like. Um, whenever I first asked you to come on the show, uh, you said, well, can we hold off for a few months because I'm actually helping somebody campaign to tr- uh, for, I, I guess it was a political office. And then, yes, sir. So, you know, and then I see the things that you put on Facebook, like you're in the, um, what is it called, the Slap, is slap, it fight, slap, championship. slap yeah, fight Championship. Slap Fight Championship. It's like 56 million views or something like that. It's crazy. We we're on fight. We do the pay per views. That is We've insane. We signed a, you know multiple contracts, but you know I was in Nashville a couple weeks ago at uh, Starcast at Players Last Match. Yes. And this little girl just starts screaming her head off, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my god, this girl's having a meltdown. And her mom and she was like, can she take a photo with you? And I was like, oh, she has face. You know, she she watched me wrestle like online, and they're like. She and her dad are the biggest slap fight fans in the world. And I was like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. Out of been wrestling in spandex for 25 years, and now I'm the slap guy a lot of places, and I'll take it and run with it. But she even showed me, um, she was like in her, not really stroller, but her parents had like a little, you know, deal they were pushing. She's like five years old or something. Uh-huh. She stood up and did the countdown for me where they take their hand and they count doing the one two three and she was like after she took the picture with me she was literally jumping up and down she had just freaked out and i was like oh my god and her dad was like we literally watch slap fight every single day we're digging up new clips to watch and she just absolutely loves it and i was like oh my gosh i can't believe that i have that young of a you know a kiddo watching it and i was uh, another one, I, I wrestled at a fundraiser for WFC, and uh, I want to say it was uh, not prior Oklahoma, Wagner, Oklahoma. I okay. think Wagner. And I just had a match, and it was when I was tag team with Paul Puerto Rico. We went to our merch table, and I'm signing autographs, and these two kids are playing on their phone. And they're probably like 14 and 13 or something. They're uh-huh. playing on their phone, and they keep looking at me. They're like eyeballing me, and I'm like, well, they're just wanting to take a picture or something. And they come up, and they're like, the, the guy's like, you're him. And I'm like, yeah, the guy that just had a match in the ring, he goes, no, no, you're the slap guy. And he pulls his TikTok video out. And I was like, 
He goes, man, we watch you on TikTok all the time. I'm like, dude, I didn't know I was on TikTok. And sure <laughs> enough, man, like hashtag Jason Jones on his like, and he's like showing me all these footage. And I'm like, I had no idea. That's and awesome. then, uh, so we had to take a photo. He's like, man, he's like, I'm going to put this on Instagram. My buddies aren't going to believe this. We watch this all the time. And I'm like, that's crazy because these kids are at a wrestling show. They just obviously watched me wrestle. But the thing that was in their mind was this. Uh, <laughs> just just random. Like, I went to Wichita, Kansas one time, and I was doing an event for Jerry Bostick. Went to the mall before uh, before it started and ran into, like, Foot Locker. Was going to try to look for some, some shoes. Uh-huh. And I saw this guy, and he's, like, walking around. He's, like, looking at me, and I'm, like, okay, Uh-oh. this dude either wants to try to ask me out or he just – he's a wrestling fan. Because we, <laughs> we run some events with Yeah. And he goes, Faith Cowboy. And I just turned around, and he goes, it is you. And I go, yeah, man, uh, wrestling or slap fight. And he goes, slap fight. And I'm, like, okay, buddy. <laughs> so then, like, we talked about slap fight for a minute, you know, took a photo with him. And I'm, like, now it used to just be – cool somebody noticed me out of context not at a wrestling show but now it's like is it slap fight or is it wrestling that you know me for so i know which way to steer this conversation but it's cool yeah my kid my kids grew up my kids grew up all the way around wrestling you know so being at shows was just a it was a weekend thing for them it was never a big deal and i'm just dad but like every now and then we would go to walmart we would go to walmart or going to mcdonald's to get your kids something after their baseball game or something and a little kid, you know, asked for your autograph or something. Then it would kind of dawn on him, oh, my dad does, you know, some cool stuff. But it was always just like, meh, you know? Yeah. And But the one time my son freaks out and he's like, Dad, I'm listening to Moist Critical's podcast. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what that is. And he was like, you know, Moist Critical, like Charlie. And I'm like, no clue. And he's like, he just talked about you for like five minutes on his podcast. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And he, like, shows me this dude's got, like, big, you know, 40 million followers or something. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. But to that day, like, when my son is, like, 14 years old, that Uh day dad was cool. You know, he grew up with dad, you know, wrestling in front of thousands of people. No big deal. Yeah. Good Lord, the gamer that he follows on Twitch talks about me because of Slap Fight, and I'm somebody cool that day. So, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I'm actually gonna go do some voiceovers for him this week, and I'm just, I've, it's been an exciting ride because when he first approached me to it, I was like, "Safety, there's no way that this is going to catch on. This is, this is just ridiculous. Am I actually doing this?" And then when I saw like how captivating, because we started it before COVID, mm-hmm. how captivating the crowds were, it was. I <laughs> was like, "Dude, we have to have you a part of it." <laughs> and I, I laugh sometimes, but then I'm also, I get caught up into it too. And I'm like, cause he'll message me like, Hey, so-and-so is not going to want to take the fight with, with the one guy. And I'm like, Oh man, I was really hoping that would happen. You know, I right. get caught up in it. And he uses me a lot to pull, you know, with pro wrestlers, you know, you kind of give them directions when you do a promo. Mm-hmm. These are just regular Joe Blow guys. Right. They're not, they don't have a, you know, they're just there to knock you the hell out. Yeah, And so it's like, I try to pull a little bit of personality out of them. I try to ask them questions because like, you know, some of the first interviews I do, I'm like, Hey, what's your strategy going into this fight? And they're like, um, to try to, to try to do good. And, um, <laughs> and, in. Yeah. and you're like, wow, uh, big words there, you know, and some of them will be live on pay-per-view. So you couldn't really do anything. But now I'm like, here's what I'm going to say to you. 
And I was like, don't hold back. Say this. Say it with a little more attitude, you know. And mm-hmm. I'd kind of get an idea of what they wanted to say, and I'd kind of lead them through an interview and try to pull out a little more personality. And as a sport, and I call it a sport because, it, I mean, there's physical contact. I wouldn't want to yeah. do it. No. <laughs> um, as the sport grows, the audience grows, the personalities grow. Mm-hmm. And I've just been lucky to be on since day one, and I'm glad that they – there's a lot of times that my crazy schedule doesn't line up with it. Right. And there's been times that we, you know, we filmed from undisclosed locations. There's been times we've ended a 1230 at night taping or 1 a.m. taping in undisclosed location. I've literally jumped on an airplane the next day to be back in Texas or to be back in Oklahoma or wherever, you know, just I've had to do it a few times. But as the sport grows, I'm just happy to be a part of it. And it's just crazy. I know it's not a wrestling thing, but it's, Oh, it's just random, and hey, I really enjoy it. Though this this show, we talk about everything. I just had a uh, a metal singer on last week, so you know we talk about everything on this show. So you're totally good. Well, I'm a hodgepodge of about everything. I've got my I've got my hand in a little bit of everything, man. Oh, and there's nothing wrong with that. It keeps you busy and it keeps you happy. You know, doing all different kinds of things. So you don't get bored. Yes, sir. So there is one other way that I know that you have been uh, recognized, and this one's a little bit more personal to me, though. So my son's um, stepdad, actually, is the reason why I went to my first local wrestling show, and it was the Crown Championship Wrestling Show in Bentonville, Arkansas. And um, so we went to that one. My son got your autograph, all that stuff. Well, his stepdad um, was like, man, he looks really familiar. Well, he used to work for a, a company that uh, was a delivery service, and I guess he delivered wrestling belts to your house, and that's how he recognized you. Oh, yeah, I think I remember talking to that guy. Yeah, we had ordered – the guy that does, like, our belts is – he's had a bad experience shipping with FedEx, and he doesn't want to ship UPS because they won't insure the belt high enough. So he uh-huh. ships, like, DHL or something. And DHL, yeah. where I'm at, they outsource a lot of that stuff, and sure enough, we had uh, one of the belts that was in for one of our tournaments, like, shipped here, <laughs> and uh, I was going to be out of town. I was, like, ready to leave, and the package was, like, supposed to be there already that day. Right. And I guess I remember I remember talking to him because he went next door uh-huh. to deliver the belt, and I was like, oh, my God, that's my DHL. I'm like, dude, that's mine. Is it heavy? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he was like, what is that? And I'm like, I opened it up and I'm like, it's a belt. He's like, get out of town. So like, <laughs> when he told me that, I was like, it's such a small world, you know, and here I am two hours from my hometown and I'm here wrestling a show and this right. dude remembers delivering belt to my home in Harrison, Arkansas. So yeah. crazy, isn't it? Small world. It is a crazy small world. So um, both of my kids actually have something on their wall that's signed by you. My son has a uh, Rey Mysterio mask where you, I think you signed one side of it and Luke Langley signed the other side of it. And then well, my, that's valuable, man. Not, not oh, because yeah. it's a Rey Mysterio mask, because Luke signed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because both of y'all signed it, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty cool stuff. And then um, my daughter got a hat um, at one of the shows and had you sign it. So, And then she has a poster up on her wall that has you on it, too. So, yeah, you're a big name in this household. Awesome, well, that's great, man. That's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, we, we've all kind of made it a, a family event now to where we're going to all start trying to go to some more of the shows and everything. So far, I've only got to go to a few crown shows. 
but I do want to come out to, you know, some of the mid-states and also some of the wrestling for a cause. And I know you've uh, done some work with them as well. I've had uh, Tim Rockwell on here as well, and, you know, we kind of talked about y'all's working relationship and stuff like that, and you, you work a lot the same way when it comes to, to wrestling. And so, you know, that's uh, it's nice to see all of these different companies that kind of intermingle and work with each other in this area. Sure. Sure. Um, I've known Tim, gosh, I'd say 15 years ago. Like, I actually had uh, one of his first matches was against me at a, at a NWA Oklahoma taping in, um, let's say, it was Tulsa, Bells Amusement Park. And he oh. was just a young kid. I think he just graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, oh, my gosh, that was, like, so easy. He's like, he was so nervous. And I was like, yeah, I was like, it doesn't have to be complicated I had already been in the business, you know, for 10 years at that point. So I was, I guess, considered kind of a little bit of a veteran. But mm-hmm. but when Tim later on, you know, started doing things and he started booking for a company, he called and he said, you are the first guy I'm calling. He's like, I want you to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was booking for a company out of Stabenow in uh, Oklahoma. And it was a, they did one show a month on Friday night. And for a town that there's nobody there, it's Mickey Mantle's hometown. Oh, wow. If there's like 200 people in the town, like 150 people, mm-hmm. they would sell out this this uh, high school gym every the first Friday of like every month of like 400 people. Oh, and cool. Jake Boulder and I were that team as the old school express, and basically it was just like a reincarnation of the rock and roll express when we were good guys, the midnight express when we were bad guys, mm-hmm. and we were I mean, we were over. And then we started feuding with Tim and his uncle Bernie. Uh, Bernard Funk and they were Texas Inc. Of course, they were heels in Oklahoma. We were the baby faces, and right. Tim and I just always meshed really well. We had a similar thought process as far as putting matches together. Our working style was really easy. We complemented each other very well in the ring, but our minds clicked the same way with business. And there was a lot of times Tim would just sit in the back and be like, "What do you do about you know t-shirts, this and just little things, merchandise and stuff." Right, and I was always the first one. I liked somebody to take an interest in that stuff, and I I liked helping him. And yeah, I remember the first WFC show. Um, I went and and worked it. I went and did. I think I hosted the second one. But okay. WFC is a great company. Does some great stuff, and like yes, it you is. know, Mid States been able to kind of uh, we complement each other. We try to line our dates up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the championship belts can go back and forth. I've been a tag team champion over there. The Johnnies are the longest reigning WFC tag team champions. They defended them here at mid States. And that's not right. a lot of companies will do that, you know, have belts transfer. When I was a Southern heavyweight champion, I defended it over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost the belt to 10, 10 defended it over here. You know, we, we traveled, uh, but to, to do that in this business, everybody's like, well, everybody should just work together. I'm like, you would think so, but, there there's egos that get in the way there's there's yeah. conflicts and storylines that get in the way and um right. tim tim and i are just always on the same page whether we're in the same page as far as like storyline wise sometimes not so much mm-hmm. um you know like uh sometimes he's the he's the opposition of me you know and right. sometimes we're on the same same page but our the styles the way we run our company pretty similar um we use a lot of the same talent and there's times that he will have me come in and specifically work someone that, that needs help getting over in his company. Okay. And I take that as a huge, huge compliment. 
that he can trust me in there with them and say, okay, here's what we do. Right. Or, you know, there was a case I went over and worked during pandemic. Um, they, they were one of the first companies that kind of started back running. And I went over and I worked a show and he said, um, what do you think with this guy? And I said, he needs some work. And I said, why don't you let me work like a three show series with him and see what I can get out of him and try to elevate him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And what I always try to do is any promoter ever books me, odds are your local guys that work there that are going to be on every show. Yeah. I'm not always going to be on every show that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I always try to, like a campsite, I try to leave it better than I found it. Right. So if I can go in and it's whether, you know, pulling off a loss to a guy or getting him over, even with a win, getting him over in such a way, he's got to be there the next month. I may not be coming back for six months. Right. So I always try to leave it better than I found it, and I and I think he does the same when he comes down and wrestles for me. Yes. So we we both hold both each other in in a, a level of respect, and we each hold each, uh, each other's company in a level of respect, and we try to make sure that our priorities are. Hey, my priority is mid states, but WFC is right up there at the top with it, and I make sure that. I have, even when I can't do or I have other engagements for, w, you know, WFC's running, I make sure that my students know that, you know, their second priority is, is to this show. They're a big part of that. So we try to work together as far as scheduling our events. That way we want our guys to get as much work as we can. And yeah. uh, you have guys like the Blue Bowl, you know, that have, have went over there and won championships that I trained. And it's, it's so it would be a disservice to him if, I'm running a show the same day as WFC is running a show and right. the Johnnies are going to be, you know, here and like, man, let's try to work this out. Because I mean, like I know at one point our heavyweight champion was Luke Langley, which had his first match for mid stage wrestling. Mm-hmm. And our champion was Luke. Langley, and he was a WFC champion at one time. And if we have a show on the same day, you know, we don't want the guy having to say, oh, I got to do this one or this one or this one. So right. we try to make that happen as much you know, we try to work together as much as we can. And there's sometimes that, you know, you go to a venue to book a venue. It's not like you have your pick of every Saturday in the world. They may say, well, look, they've got a, they've got a quinceanera booked in here on that day, or they've got a, you know, a a farmer's co-op meeting in here on that day. So you can't have that. The only Saturday we have available in November is the 20th for you. You got to take it or leave it sometimes. But we do our best and most of our dates kind of lined up. And there's been times where I've called in, but like, look, this is what I got. And it may be three months in advance. I'm like, this is the only day that I can mm-hmm. have. And he's like, well, I've got that day, but you know what? Let me see if I can reschedule mine because yeah. he's going to come over and work my show too. So we try to work each other, work together as much as we can. And there's sometimes that it's, uh, I'm not all dates are going to line up, not all talents going to line up, but we do our best to work together like that. And, uh, I think we have a huge amount of respect for each other. Um, and, uh, I think that's, that's a long period of time. You know, there's partnerships that can form and they may last a year. They may last two years. And then there's differences. Mm-hmm. Even if Tim and I have our differences, we've, we've managed to come back to each other for 10 or 15 years and work together strongly. So I, awesome. I hold him in high respect, in, not just in the ring as one of my favorite opponents, yeah. uh, but just as far as in business too. So great awesome. guy. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, you know, dates and stuff like that, do you have any that you would like to maybe announce that's going to be coming up for uh, Mid-States Wrestling? 
I've got kind of my calendar, and I try to post and try to keep everybody posted. I'm trying to do better as far as engaging uh, everybody as my outside because, you know, I, I try to think, too, that I had fans that uh, sometimes I'll forget and just mention it the day before, but, like, yeah, here's some just coming up over the next little bit. Um, I urge Mid-States Mid -States Wrestling is, is my home company. It's, it's a lot of guys' home base. It's, it's uh, got – we had a lot of starts. I mean, I know, you know, a lot of people started with mid-state wrestling. Um, right. And it's, it's got, it's, it's got its place. It's 20 years. And there's not, there's not any other independent companies out there, especially in the Midwest that have been able to do that and run on the level that we've been able to run on. So I urge people like, even there's people in Springfield that have never made it to a Harrison show. But then when they finally go, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is great. This is <laughs> it's the same talent, but there's, there's actually a different level. And there's, so I've urged, Harrison fans to go to the Springfield shows and they get, they say the same thing. This is cool, but it's a little bit different, but it's, it's awesome. So yeah. it's a matter of just giving it a chance and it's only about an hour between, but right. it's sometimes I call it bizarre world, but sometimes, you know, like a certain guy may be a heel in Missouri. That's a baby face in Arkansas, but I'll give you the rundown of Saturday, August the 27th. I'll be in the Kansas City area for CSW, Central States Wrestling. Arn Anderson will be on that card. That's Saturday, August the 27th. Uh, fast forward, we're going to skip family vacation. I won't announce that, and I'll keep that offline. Uh, <laughs> September, September the 13th, September 14th, September 15th, September 16th, September 17th. I will be in Wichita Falls, Texas at two shows a day at the Texoma State Fair. That's the huge fair they have right on that Texas-Oklahoma border. I wrestle it every year for WFWA. That's Wichita, Wichita Falls Wrestling Association. Okay. Myself, the Johnnies, Gary Graham. Oh, goodness. Jimmy Fiasco, the Blue Bolt. We're all going to be there. And it's free shows. If you come to the fair, it's indoor, too, which is great. And it's air-conditioned. So Heck that's, yeah. uh, I think, Tuesday, September 13th through Saturday, September 17th. Uh, September the 24th, I do an annual deal that I host here in Harrison, Arkansas. It's their huge demolition derby. It draws about 5,000 people. I have been the MC for that event for 14 years now, I think. But I, I block it off every year for them. It's uh, September 24th, the demolition derby. But it's a good day if you ever just want to meet and greet with me. You want to get an autograph. You want to take a photo. I don't have a wrestling show to run. I don't have a match to get ready for. I'm just in seeing it. So even if there's just fans that want to check out a really good time at the at the county fair at the Demolition Derby, uh -huh. I'll be out taking pictures with uh, September 24th. September 26th through September the 30th, I'll be in Las Vegas, Nevada for the Cauliflower Alley uh, Convention and Club out there for an award ceremony. And then I will have an event that I will announce that I'll be wrestling on there. Saturday. Saturday, October 1st for WSC. I believe that is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Sometimes I'll scratch down WSC, but if they're running a different area, it's all Tulsa area kind of uh -huh. thing. That, uh, excuse me. Friday, October 7th, we are doing a huge mid-states wrestling event in Dodge City, Kansas for the Special Olympics Kansas. It is a huge, huge, huge event that is for their area. I think it's like their southern uh, – there's Southern champion or special Olympics thing where all their athletes come from like six states, but already signed is Jimmy Hart. Uh, myself, we will have a former w, uh, WWF hall of famer. 
on top of Jimmy Hart to be announced and a huge, huge, huge surprise from current AEW roster. AEW roster will be there and a WWE Hall of Famer. That will be announced as it gets closer. That's Friday, October the 7th. We'll have ticket information coming up to that. It will not be on the regular Mid-States page. Uh, those tickets will probably be available through Ticketmaster. Saturday, October 15th, Mid-States Wrestling, Harrison, Arkansas. And let's see, Saturday, October 22nd, Wrestling for a Cause. I believe it is their anniversary show. That's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then the the event we announced, I've got a few others in there. I'll skip over. Saturday, November 12th, Mid-States Wrestling, Springfield, Missouri. It's myself and for 20 years, the undefeated Stephen E. in a Springfield street fight. So I'm looking forward to that one. Can't wait to get my hands on Stephen E. once and for all. He's We've had fights over the years, but he's managed to beat me every time. He's remained undefeated. But finally get my hands on, on him one-on-one. Saturday, November 12th, Springfield, Missouri. MSWtickets.com. If you want to get any of my merchandise, anything like that, SpaceCowboyWrestling.com. And just follow me on Facebook, SpaceCowboyJasonJones. And Instagram, I'm trying to be better on Instagram. I think I'm SpaceCowboyJasonJones45 on there. But follow me on there. I'm the good-looking ball-headed dude in a satin jacket. Uh, follow <laughs> me on there. I'll try to always post event posters coming up from events that I've got going on and stuff like that. Okay. Well, man, it has been awesome having you on this show. Is there anything else that you maybe want to say before I get you off here? No, man, just um, wrestling fans, it's, I, want to, I want to say that I don't watch a lot of current products, uh-huh. but it's okay. Wrestling fans, it's okay to go to local events and support independent wrestling. There's Everybody gets their start there. If not, they're a fit this model that got handpicked to go to a power plant or their uh, Instagram model that got a contract support independent wrestling um, yeah. you I, I always notice that the people online that face negative stuff about independent wrestling mm-hmm. they've only other they've watched one other thing their whole life sometimes they go it's not the matches that you're paying it's the interaction with the crowd right my dad used to take me when I was a kid, and we liked to get seats about the halfway up because my dad really loved watching the crowd engage with the matches. He liked watching little old ladies getting mad and shaking their walking stick at people and stuff. He just used to get tickled at watching the crowd react to the matches. Uh-huh. And I took that. I think that's why I enjoy uh, booking so much, booking things to get a reaction. But give it a chance. I mean, like, uh, there's so many negative things that people will post a poster of, and they'll be like, oh, well, this this girl's a, you know, obviously a, a Sasha ripoff or something. Yeah. Give them a chance. Everybody started somewhere, you right. know, I mean, and if it, you know, if it's a shitty independent wrestling show, I understand. Sometimes it'll burn it. I say a lot of times, you know, people are like, why do you get so pissed about, you know, a, um, you know, a wrestling show running in this area? I'm like, cause it's crap. You know, <laughs> I, I use this analogy. Uh, last March, it was like uh, the girlfriend had a they sent her some reward and she had a free pizza from Domino's. Okay. Like, hey, let's order Domino's. I free. I got a free coupon from Domino's. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of Domino's pizza, right? Okay. I'm like, okay, order pizza. We get it. We both get food poisoning. Oh no. <laughs> and we hadn't ate anything else, right? So yeah. we obviously get food poisoning from Domino's pizza. 
Uh-huh. You think I wanted to eat Domino's for the next? Do you think I wanted to eat pizza in general for the next couple weeks? No. 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 I belched it up for three days. <laughs> oh. So, just because somebody puts independent or puts pro wrestling on a flyer, uh-huh. look into it. Make sure that it's actually wrestling. Right. Because sometimes you are comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. And if I go get a bad taste in my mouth and eat horrible pizza, well, I'm not going to go get good pizza down the road because right. I'm, I'm burned out on pizza and I've been burned once. Yep. Be sure that you go to a good, reputable company. Like, I like when people go to crappy independent shows and then they come to a mid-state show and they're like, oh my God, this is nothing like what we've been to them before in the past. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> we set the bar high. Yeah. So and some people don't know what to compare to, but give us a chance. And I guarantee you, we will set the by the bar so high for independent wrestling shows. Not saying that you won't. We're going to go back and experience more, but we will always be the bar going forward that you will compare everybody else to. So that's what I'll leave you with. That's awesome, man. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. It has been great, and hopefully, I can get you to come back on in the future because I feel like there's yeah, a ton of stuff that we didn't get to talk about. Was that? <laughs> We scratched the surface on a lot of stuff, did we? Oh, I know. Yeah, that's what. But whenever you just got an hour show, there's only so much you can pack into it. So <laughs> I understand, man. No problem, man. Try to make our next uh, October show in Harrison if you can, man. I, I'd really appreciate it. I know you've only been to a couple events, but right. I know I've been a part of a couple of those that you've been on. But, man, I promise you it's worth the hour and 15-minute drive. And if you bring your kiddos over – I'll make sure I send them home with some merchandise, okay? Sounds good, man. All right. Well, you have a great night. You too, buddy. Thanks again for having me on, man. I appreciate you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. In a time of inflation, COVID, monkeypox, and Amber Heard, you need to take a break from it all. Welcome to Love & Murder Podcast. With Love & Murder, you get one hour a week to kick back and listen to stories of relationships gone horribly wrong. Stories with true crime, mystery, suspense, and just a little bit of humor that's never at the expense of the victim. Come on, join host Kai and Shar over at www.murderandlove.com. That's Love & Murder backwards, murderandlove.com. Hey everyone, this is Brian Ferguson. If you're listening to this, then I know you are enjoying the Bumps and Thumbs podcast. In order to continue to run the podcast and get guests on the show, we need support from people like you. Please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dash Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, the number three, and click on the support button. Once you are there, you'll have options to select from to make a monthly contribution. Your support will help us get on wrestling stars that require financial compensation. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-N dash Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, the number three, and click on the support button. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support and enjoy the podcast. Fascinating people, fascinating places. The weekly podcast available on all major platforms. I definitely knew I was going to be an astronaut. That coronavirus is a work of God. There's a huge conspiracy at work. 
There were a number of spies. It straddles fantasy and reality. It ain't so funny once the rabbit got the gun. Oh, uh, here's the way that about. You're not a Christian, you're a liar. All right, everybody, I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Jason Jones. That is one that I have been looking forward to to happening for a while now. And I actually had a few issues this week. So what I usually do um, when I use Zoom is um, I'm able to convert it from one format to another. Well, the website that I've been using to do my conversions um, stopped working on me, and I was unable to get it. But luckily, with the um, program that I use to do all my editing, they had a plugin that I was able to put in to be able to change over the format. And I was able to get this out to you guys. We also had some issues uh, every time uh, Jason would try to um, come on to the Zoom meeting, it would say that it was an invalid uh, code and things like that. So we ended up having to call in on the show and everything. So we did have some technical issues this week again and I hope to have all of these bugs worked out soon and get things kind of back to normal but I was highly pleased with this episode and I hope that you guys were too so I have some pretty cool episodes that are coming up over the next few weeks and I can't wait to present those to you guys so next week I have with me um, Joe Helms he is a wrestler that I met in the last show that I went to. He's a really awesome guy, and um, he was recently doing some pretty cool stuff when I talked to him the other day that we'll be talking about on the show, and I can't wait for you guys to be able to hear that one. Um, The week following that, I will be having on uh, Christopher Allred, who is the owner and promoter of Crown Championship Wrestling. You guys have all heard me talk about Crown Championship Wrestling uh, on just about every episode. So you will finally get to hear from the man who um, is the one who actually brings that to this area. But we will be talking about NCAA football. So I look forward to talking to him on that one. And then the week following that, I have uh, the Iceman with me. And that is uh, Howard Moritz. He is another wrestler that I have um, met and I've been able to talk to online and stuff like that and kind of set this up to have him come on. And I am very excited to have him on to talk to him about wrestling and about how he got into the business and things like that. So, yeah, those are a couple of the episodes that I have that are coming up. I am very excited about presenting all of these to you guys. If you have any questions that you would like me to ask any of my guests that are going to be on, um, you can always send me an email. And my email address is uh, giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Facebook, and that's at I-Y-G-A-D-A-P. It's the acronym for If You Give a Data Podcast, or as I like to say, IGADAP. Um, or you can just look me up and just put in if you give a data podcast. You can find me. You can find me on Google, and um, usually the first, I don't know, 15 results that come up on Google if you put in if you give a data podcast is me. Um, if you want to start listening to me on Alexa, you can even do that. Um, you can find me on there. Just ask her to play the latest episode of my show, and she can do that. You can also follow me on Instagram, and that's at Give a Data Podcast. Um, also, you can follow me on Twitter, and that's at Dad Podcast One One. 
I update all of these regularly to uh, tell you what's going on with the show. I have a few other ones that I have. Um, I don't update those as regularly as I do those three. Those are my big three that I use mostly. So if you want to know what's going on with the show or what's going on with me, you can always look on there. Also, when you're listening to this episode, rate it and review it. Tell me what you thought of this episode. If there's something you would like me to do different, let me know. Um, Yeah, so I am going to bring this show to an end. I am very excited about where this show is going. Recently, I reached a new number on the show. So a few weeks ago, you heard me say that I had finally reached 1,000 downloads. It took me four months to get to 1,000 downloads. Well, I was able to double that number to 2,000 downloads in a total of 15 days. And that is all thanks to you people who listen and support this show. And I just want to say thank you, and I appreciate you so much. And I hope that you continue to listen and invite your friends. Tell them about this show. Share it with them. Um, Let everybody know about it. Because the more people that listen, the better. And, um, yeah, just try to share it and try to bring as many people in, like I said. So, all right. I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I will see you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed our show, come back next week. Come on, guys. You know you want to come back. Ooh, that was my show.